1: What's going on, sports fans? Welcome to week 12 of the Wingfoot Locks brought to you by Wingfoot Sports. I hope that you all had a very pleasant Thanksgiving. I know that Boomer likes to be the last person to say, let us be the last to wish you a happy Thanksgiving. So we will say it now. I'm sure he'll say it on Monday Night Football during the fastest three minutes. Greg Hoyle, how you doing this week as your uh, turkey hangover finally uh, left you?
0: full of uh, turkey, wine, and all types of pies, uh, pies and pastries, so just trying to get the cardio in, right, <laughs> keep the heart healthy.
1: Yeah, well, I'm sure uh, you burned a couple extra calories uh, dealing with that Cowboys football game there, uh, they, uh, the NFC East proving to be the most exciting division in football. Oh yeah, Right. <laughs> hardly.
0: Uh, hey, twenty sixteen, right? That's the worst case scenario when you have, when you're rooting for an arch nemesis, right? Uh, but you get a good number. I had it at two and a half, so like, felt pretty good when it was twenty to sixteen, and and any sort of three point victory uh, would have been in the bank for me. I like I like being able to lay two and a half, uh, but. It wasn't to be, right? Yeah. All, all the fake punts in the world. Uh, I think they they were they were maybe he had got like a wishbone. Uh, maybe he got the end of the wishbone <laughs> there and and figured that one of these ridiculous um, fourth and whatever was going to work. That was absurd.
1: So you know, from your own about 20 yard line there, uh, you run a, a fake punt, Mike McCarthy. Not sure what he's doing, but honestly. Has anybody looked worse than him this season in terms of coaching? No, like he no. Say what you want about the Cowboys. Their defenses looked atrocious, right? But the coaching has been just as awful as their team play has been overall. My favorite moment of that game, though, Greg, do you know what it was?
0: Favorite moment of the game? Yes. <sighs> I There were some pretty funny um, episodes of Andy Dalton just looking distraught. No, and, no, no. Uh, it was what, a, a what was play it?
1: by the Washington football team. Uh, I d I I don't know you're Riverboat Ron ran the annexation of Puerto Rico from the little no, giants. No he didn't. Yes, yes, he did, and he acknowledged it in a in a in a Press conference, if you watch, on, it's like, a, a, I don't know, they were five yards short. It was in the red zone for, the, the, uh, for Washington going in. They get the ball, put it on the ground. It looks like they're doing a sweep right. Oh, J.D. McKissick oh, stays there, picks it up, and just runs for five yards or six yards, I think. He picked up the first down. Um, honestly, Ron Rivera was already a pretty cool guy being Riverboat Ron, because we love gamblers here, obviously, right at Wingfoot, so... Um, but that was, I, I love the Stones running the annexation of Puerto Rico. I,
0: I, will, uh, I will resist the temptation to go back and watch it during this podcast. I'll maintain my focus, but it will be the first thing that I do before I get up out of this seat is go back and, and watch a, a real world uh, <laughs> Oh man!
1: Yeah, it was fantastic. All right,
0: so with that little, little being Danny O'Shea Chevrolet. Oh
1: man! Listen, uh, let's get to the the weekly slate here on Sunday, because Thanksgiving is the food was delicious. The football game was the football games were uh, were dry turkey, uh, or maybe raw turkey is is more appropriate. They were terrible this this year, but that's okay. They were a little appetizer for this weekend, and we got a full slate ahead. And I want to start this week uh, with the Tennessee Titans because they are a team that I am off on again and I have been very much back and forth on. But every week I seem to pick their game one way or the other. Last week we were on the Titans when they had the outright win as an underdog in overtime against the Ravens. This week they are getting three points as they visit the Indianapolis Colts. And Greg, I am on the Titans again this week. I say take the three points with the Titans, and here's why. First of all, I think in that first matchup between the two teams, what might have gotten lost on a lot of people is the fact that That score in the second half was largely dependent on the special teams of the Titans. For some inexcusable reason, we talked about the punter and and that situation (laughs) last week. I don't know what Mike Vrabel was doing there, but the punting game seems to be back aligned, although they did go for it on fourth down a couple times in that game against the Ravens, which proved to be key in that one. Uh, But I think that they get that together. At the very least, they avoid the block kicks and the 17-yard punts in this one. The other thing that I think gets lost, is how well the Tennessee Titans were running the ball against the Colts in that game. And in this game, Indianapolis is without DeForest Buckner. They're without uh, another tackle, who I forget at this time. Uh, Their linebacker, Okariki is out for this one. All on the defensive end, I think that looms large for the Tennessee running game in this one. Add to that that Jonathan Taylor, out for this one with COVID, and their starting center, Ryan Kelly, going to be a no-go for this one. I think that the Tennessee defense gets a little bit more pressure here on Phillip Rivers. Look, I'm still not sold on either of these teams, right? I think that... Uh, they're teams that haven't had really tough schedules. I think Tennessee has had tougher spots, which has led to some closer games for them. But you gotta you got to beat who's on your schedule. That's pretty much it. And uh, I think that Indianapolis, their best wins have come against bad teams. I don't think that they've beaten a really good team uh, yet this season. Um, and for that reason, I think that this week they end up covering uh the Tennessee Titans excuse me end up covering I think they can win this one outright that little revenge factor look we don't believe in revenge really but I'll I'll take it in my pocket you know if I got to look at it one way or the other so I say take the Tennessee Titans plus the points in this one go ahead Greg what do you think it was Danico
0: Autry, buddy? Autry, uh, that's, yes, that's yes. the other. That's the other. I mean, you know,
1: I was so I was so concentrating on Okariki. You know, <laughs> I wanted to channel my inner Jim Nance, as you said for this one. So I, I wanted I wanted to concentrate on Okariki, and I forgot about Danico Autry. Hey, a solid player, man. That defense is is really good um, for the Indianapolis Colts, but it starts up front because they don't blitz a lot, right? And so. Um, you
0: want, you want your D tackles to be uh, ready to rock against Henry, right? So yep. that's that's about the worst position you could be light in and have cluster injuries when you're going against Eric Henry. Uh, yeah, and that game, again, like, you know, we we, we did our special teams segment of the year um, last week on that. That game was an actual game before those two, you know, multiple kicking faux pas, right? Um, so I, I think... A, you know little little revenge factor, you're gonna get the three points. I don't think we need to get cute and, and talk about like an outright win or anything like that. We'll take the three because yeah, it's key number. Um but yeah, yeah, I mean it's it's definitely Listen, a, wait, game wait, wait, wait. I'm not, a lot I'm not, to prove.
1: I'm not trying to get cute with it. I'm just saying that it when it shocked me, look a little sprinkle on the money line. I was in Tennessee, I had the money line last week against the Ravens here. Just a little sprinkle, it, it doesn't it doesn't hurt. It makes you feel a little better when you got the the underdog and they win it outright. And, and I really think look, I think sometimes underdogs have no shot of winning outright when we look at these games. Whether the line's three, seven, ten, I think a lot of these times you look at an underdog and, like, that's not the spot where they're going to win outright. Tennessee could win this one outright, and yes, I will take it with the three. And but I might have a, just a, a little bit of on the money line action there because it, it makes me feel a little better. I feel like I was extra right <laughs> if it happens. Well,
0: little ego boost for Joe. Yeah, I just don't at at one hundred and fifty, which is around where it's at. I don't think the the juice is worth the squeeze. Is that the is that the line there? So, uh,
1: Chris Portente uh, loves that line there you go there
0: you go that one's for you there chris so yeah last week when you get the 6.1 if you did a little sprinkle there it's you know it's nice you get a two for one usually when it's in that five six area so usually you know two two ten two fifteen uh area so yeah i'm going with my three points i'm going with the uh the titans i feel like you know we could we'd have to go to the tape here i might have t- taken the titans like nine out of 12 weeks so far this year uh but yeah whatever i I like him this week. I think it's a good spot.
1: Listen, and I, I don't think that's a bad thing. Sometimes I think that you get a good read on a team, right? like and and some teams you have no read on. Uh, it it happens from year to year and and you get off it. Look, the Atlanta Falcons have been a team that I've been I feel like I've been on a roller coaster with uh, the entire season, and I've hit a couple of them, but I, I they've been so unpredictable. I really liked them last week against the Saints.
0: What happened to your? Uh, <laughs> You've had like an anti betting on the Falcons thing. I didn't even realize that you were betting on the Falcons again. Like uh, you got to stop that.
1: Well, I, I know I did. For this goes back several seasons where I, I, when the public was on them, I did not want any part of the Falcons. I still didn't want any part of the Falcons, but it felt like everybody was jumping off so rapidly that I wanted to get on them again because you yeah, know I think that on. helps. You know, actually I heard a good line or I read a good line, and I wish I could remember where it was. This week, but because I'm big on fading the public, right? I, I do like to go with Vegas. However, somebody pointed out a very good. An obvious point that if you're gonna fade the public, you gotta realize you're going with the side that gets plus 110. I don't get plus 110 the way Vegas does when I fade the public. And so that's really, you know, when you think about it from that point of view, you really wanna make sure that if you are gonna be the contrarian, uh, that you wanna pick your spots very wisely there. So, A a good observation, I think. With that being said, you know, we talked about the Falcons there. Last week, they lost to the Saints' Taysom Hill, making his debut at starting quarterback. This week, uh, they go up against the Broncos, the Saints, that is. And Denver coming off uh, an upset win against Miami. And uh, Tua Tagovailoa got benched in that one uh, in in the fourth quarter. Ryan Fitzpatrick couldn't bring them back. So... Uh, this week right now, I think the line in this one is six and a Saints minus six and a half. Uh, but Greg, you have a play on the total here.
0: Yep, a little curveball there going with uh you know, two teams that play pretty good defense. I don't really like the quarterback play for either team. Taysom Hill definitely showed that completion completion percentage and the way that they ran the offense through him. Um was a little surprising to me, but that even said, right, if you're putting up 24 points, I think that is the predicted amount of points. It's like 23 or 24 for the Saints this, this week, and it's like 17 and some change uh for the broncos so it's 43 points i want to go under because i do want them to to stick to the ground game i think both teams are better when they're keeping the ball on the ground establishing the run they both have two solid running backs there uh and you know like i i don't think either quarterback is going to be sitting there wanting you know the 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 Broncos do not want Drew Locke to have to come back in these games and be slinging it all over the place. And if, indeed, he's in that situation, again, I think the Saints defense is a lot different than, like, the Chargers defense, right, who he's able to uh, make a comeback on. So I think it's going to be a much different situation, and both teams are going to keep it on the ground. So i uh, going to go over under the the 43 points at this point and, yeah, kind of hope that that um, – Yeah, basically the scheme plays out as it is. And if they held the Falcons, now the Falcons just looked terrible last week. If they held the Falcons to that um, type of an effort, I think they could easily do that against the the Broncos.
1: So a couple things. First of all, we got to acknowledge how wrong we were about (laughs) Taysom Hill getting the start and then Jameis Winston was going to come in at quarterback. We could yeah, have been I, wrong more wrong on that one there. Yeah. Yeah, um, I,
0: I backed I backed off. I was looking into it and I backed off at the end and we we would have lost on
1: passing uh, attempts.
0: Passing attempts and also I think it was like 17 or 17 and a half. No, we only had 23, right? But if, I totally thought it was a, a rope-a-dope strategy. Um, yeah. As a guy a little closer to game time, I, I felt uh, less less confident in that. But that doesn't help for people that are listening. Right.
1: <laughs> well, listen, Friday, I don't know. Friday I don't think you ever tweeted that. it out. So uh, Yeah, yeah, you know.
0: I, haven't, I haven't been tweeting much out. We, we, we got the, the live stream, so uh, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not hitting up Twitter.
1: Yeah. The other thing uh, from that game is Julio Jones uh, made a go of it, man. He was, he was having hamstring issues, I guess, the entirety of the game. Uh, came up with a big catch for the Falcons there. But that defense uh, for the Saints, I think, is is underrated. It's really interesting with the Saints because they had, early on in the season, all those defensive pass interference uh, calls against the secondary there. And we know, like, their secondary's... Pretty good. Um, they have talented players on there, so I don't know what that was in terms of was it just scheme, was it they were they just trying to be more physical? Is that what they were coaching up in practice and maybe we're just going a little too much, or maybe just some unfortunate flags in there um, which cost them early on in the season? But obviously we know how talented they are. Um, and I don't think they get enough credit for how good they are. Uh, and and they seem to play a little bit inspired for Taysom Hill in there. They held the Falcons to three field goals, I think it was, um, in that one. And all of them in the first half. I think they pitched a shutout in the second half. So it was a definitely an impressive effort by them. I think in that first game, when you get that quarterback in, it's a little bit easier to do. I think now in that second game, and you got to go to mile high, uh, and I think Denver's playing with a little bit of confidence here. Now, one thing f- to keep an eye on for this, I think Jerry Judy uh, was listed as either questionable or doubtful uh, for this one. I know he was dealing with an injury. and Still he, got him as
0: questionable.
1: Okay. So he has been a, a huge target for Drew Locke and honestly one of the best rookie, rookie wide receivers um, this year. This The crop of wide receivers was touted coming into the draft, and I think they have lived up to it so far. Um, oh, yeah. But that being said, You know, with those running backs they have over there and Gordon and Lindsey, they are a different team when Lindsey is is playing for Denver. Uh, That offense just feels a little bit different. And it feels like you have two like bell cow running backs in there, um, no matter who's who's getting the ball. So we saw that last week. And I think that that should be the game plan this week, obviously, if they if they keep it on the ground. Um, And so for that reason, I, I hear you on the under there. Mile high. Get a little winded. Uh, late in that one the next game we're gonna look at here <laughs> we're gonna go with the New York Giants coming off their bye week as they take on the Cincinnati Bengals now the Giants are very interesting uh, because they have a chance to take over first place in the NFC East this week uh, if Philadelphia loses the Giants win they've beaten Washington twice they get first place in In the NFC East. Now, I think that, yes, talks about how terrible the NFC East has been this season. But I think it's also a little bit of a credit to Joe Judge uh, and what he's been able to do to get these guys to buy in. That being said, they're playing here uh, a Cincinnati team that I think was underrated most of the season. But that was with Joe Burrow at, at quarterback. Now, he's out for the season. I think that team just has to be completely completely deflated in this one and they're going with a third string quarterback off the practice squad and Brandon Allen rather than Ryan Finley not that I think one is much of a, an upgrade over the other uh, no Joe Mixon in this one for the Bengals I just don't see them getting up for this game I think Joe Judge is a good enough coach where he's going to have these guys motivated and have a good game plan. Uh, I think they've been putting things together offensively. I know five and a half or six points, depending on where you're getting it, is a lot of points. But I think this is a great spot for the Giants. Um, And I think this week they go and they show... That they're going to make a play for this division. I think they've been playing the best football in the division probably since that Thursday night game, even though they lost to the Eagles in that one. Um, yep. But they, you know, it, obviously I think the Eagles more gave, almost gave that game away. So I say lay the points with the Giants uh, against the Bengals this week. What do you think?
0: Maybe Joe Judge uh, stole some of those watermelons, and Mike McCarthy oh, was God. just fresh out this week, and
1: that's that's why
0: they, they couldn't pull a, a W out on those For
1: those who don't know, Mike McCarthy's big motivational technique for the Cowboys before they beat uh, the Vikings was to smash some watermelons in the locker room to get them really revved up and going.
0: Yeah, real, real cartoon-esque move. So that's that's what I want my coach doing. But we move on. Uh, so two, two things here, right? So everything he said, 100% true. For that reason, right, I like both the Giants, and I want to go against – we want to play against Cincinnati two ways. So we want to go for the Giants. You've got it at six. I've got it at five and a half. But I also like the – Team total under 19 and a half for the Bengals. So uh, no mix in, no burrow, right? The team has to be deflated in that situation. It's not like it's like, Devastating. They're out of the playoff picture, but they're certainly out of relevancy, right? So their franchise quarterbacks down. So now it's just about guys like trying to make the most out of the rest of their season. Uh, you know, maybe flash here and there. But like, if you're one of the wide receivers, which was their area of strength, right? Like, how pumped can they be with with you know whatever? Like, where where does Brandon Allen come from? I, I don't so know. he
1: was he was a uh, basically a career backup, and I think the reason he's getting the start is because Zach Taylor uh, was a coach with the Rams when um, he was there and so he thinks he has some familiarity with the system um, even though the guy's been on the practice squad uh, the entirety of this year I don't know why you don't just elevate him and and Which make means the backup he's got, quarterback.
0: he's got no rhythm with the wide receivers as is like maybe Finley's getting, you know, a couple of uh, first team snaps or something like that. So so under 19 and a half uh, Giants, uh, everything that you you've mentioned um, on board with. And I'm also going to my tease this week is going to be a seven pointer. Um So the first half of that is going to be the Giants. Um, Obviously, if you're getting them at like six or, you know, I'm not sure if that number is threatening to go up at all. You you would really only need like uh, six and a half, but I'm going to do seven because the other end of it. So I am going to get the Giants plus the one and a half. Uh, I'm not like teasing through zero here. I don't like to tease through zero. I'm teasing through three. That's really the point of this. Um, So you could do if you have something else in mind that you wanted to do a six pointer, you could certainly make that work. But I'm rocking a seven pointer. Um, due to the other other leg of
1: this and let's be perfectly honest here right like i think if the Bengals had been in the nfc east they would probably be leading the division right now right (laughs) so with joe burrow at quarterback but this team is in the basement of their division and they really have nothing to play for at this point um correct yeah i just i just think all the air has been coming out of the football for them right now and we've seen them get blown out right they got blown out Um, I believe, by Pittsburgh. They got blown out by the Ravens. They've been blown out a couple times this year, um, and they throw the ball more than anybody in the game. I think there's a reason for that, obviously because they had the talented quarterback, um, but also because uh, I, I... think that quick passing game and the wide receivers that they have there um, were the strength of, of the team as, as you mentioned there Greg and now I don't know it's, it's Gio Bernard and, and uh, who else is back there I'm not even sure who the backup running back is these days
0: on uh, the backfield yeah. I, I know they've been shot a couple other uh, guys out their name escape uh, escaped me at this point but uh, the Giants wins this year there were 10 four and one. Right. So combined, you're at about 15 points. Right. So the fact that they're laying uh, the five and a half or six, wherever you're getting, I, I think they're telling you that essentially like, hey, this is this is kind of a gaudy number for such a bad team. And I think the situation factors huge into that is that it's a, it's a i think a pretty inflated number for a bad team on the road uh, and i think there's definitely a reason for that so at no point are you going to feel comfortable taking the giants in this situation i feel like that's a great time to take them
1: I think – and there's one other thing that I just want to point out here because you mentioned it on the road. Believe it or not, the Giants have really good numbers against the spread on the road. Now, granted, most of it is like as an underdog. It's over the last couple of years. But it was something like – I want to say it was 17-4. and Uh, against the spread on the road. Something like that. Uh, And again, that's an underdog spot, a very different situation here uh, than when you're the favorite. But if if you just look at the trend line on the Giants, I think it has been going up all season. um, And if that can continue off a bye week, I I, I think Joe Judge is the type of coach, based on what I've seen this year, that I want uh, to have him coming off the bye week. One other note, they did fire their offensive line coach, Mark Colombo, who they brought in this year. I think there was a difference in Mm. philosophy uh, Uh, But the offensive line, this, you know, I I could go either way on this one. I think I've heard a a couple different things, but that offensive line has been playing well. Ever since that, uh, I saw it on that Monday night football game against the Buccaneers. That off, they, it's, just has looked like a different offensive line. So I'm hoping that they were getting pushed in a direction that Colombo didn't want to go, and that it wasn't Colombo who was pulling them in that direction, and they're saying, no, 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 we want to go back to doing it this way. Um, but I'm, I'm pretty confident in, in the things that I've seen from Joe Judge so far this season, so um, I think I've said his name enough times during this podcast, <laughs> so let's move on to the next game for this week here.
0: It's, it's an interesting statement, though, that they had a difference in philosophy. Like, is is Colombo somehow insistent that he doesn't need to protect the quarterback?
1: Or, like... (laughs) Maybe it was like a zone blocking scheme versus, I don't you know. know. All right. All
0: right. Let's 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 move on. We got other, we got other, the people need more picks. So.
1: Yes. One more game then. This is it. This is the last game we have on our slate for this week. Uh, the Buffalo Bills hosting the San Diego, I have it written down here, San Diego, excuse me, Los Angeles uh, Chargers here. Uh, right now, the Bills, it's all the way down to four and a half point favorites. This one opened at, uh, I believe it was six. So last week, we We told you to hold your nose with the Jets. And when you look at the stats of that game, there is absolutely no way that should have been a one-score game. There was one possession where the Jets were just driving down the field, and I felt like every play for the Chargers was a defensive pass interference or defensive holding. Uh, And I was like, this is the best offense the Jets have had all season. But listen, a cover's a cover, and we don't apologize for that. Uh, Actually got all the way down to six. I was really hoping, Greg, I was really hoping that they were going to return that kick after the the Chargers took a safety. So they were Chargers were up eight, uh, just a little bit of time left on the clock, and they end up taking a safety with about a second left, and they have to just, kick to the Jets.
0: Just for poor execution to get Anthony Lynn fired just right on the spot. There you that, go. That's...
1: There you go. And that is that is exactly that is exactly why I like the Bills this week, right? I think the Chargers are a little bit of a darling right now because they've been close in so many games. Uh, I think they're the only team, they in Pittsburgh are the only team to not lose a game by more than a one by by more than one score. And they consider eight points. I think that an eight-point loss is considered one score um, this season, which is incredible to me. But I think it speaks to a couple things. One, uh, obviously, yes, Justin Herbert is talented. Uh, two, I don't think their schedule has been uh, that outrageous uh, so far this season. Um, and three, I think they're going up against one of their the toughest opponents they're playing. I think the Bills are still underrated for some re- reason. And I'm getting Anthony Lynn off a regular week. Against Sean McDermott, who's got an extra week to prepare. Uh, Again, I think he's one of the best coaches in the league. They're coming off that Hale-Murray loss to the Arizona Cardinals. Their offense has been one of the best offenses in the league, and I think you give him, McDermott, an extra week to prepare, I think he might be able to confuse Justin Herbert a little bit this week uh, and, and limit him. So for that reason, this line has already moved from six to four and a half I say you gotta go with the Bills uh, or pass on this one because if you wanted the Chargers, you're you're just you're too late. Uh, and I think that this week with the Bills going home is a nice nice spot for them. I I think the Bills are still underrated this season. I mean, what, what do you think, Greg?
0: I couldn't agree more. I think uh, both both the head coach and the quarterback are playing well. I think they would get a lot more street cred, if you will, if that's what you you want to use. If they would have indeed won that game against the Cardinals instead, all of the love went the Cardinals' way, and the Bills just kind of went quietly into their bye week. And now, you know, they've got to pull off a couple of big wins here. So, um, I like. I like what I've seen out of Herbert, but he's not winning games, right? And I think coaching definitely factors in. So you beat, you know, he beat the Jets. That's, that's...
1: <laughs> exactly. That's <laughs> the thing. That's the thing we're celebrating.
0: Right. Exactly. So we're, you're we're supposed
1: be okay. to beat the Jets. It's like that Chris yes. Rock skit. You know that Chris Rock skit? I take care of my kids. You're supposed to take care yeah. of your kids. <laughs> yeah well and
0: and I I think he's supposed to put a couple of balls in the end zone which is what he will do which will contribute to the over so I'm gonna actually you like the bills I like them as well I'll go with you on that uh, but I'm gonna be on that over there so it's 52 and a half I'll take that straight um, but that's gonna be the second uh, end of the T so it's gonna be 45 and a half on the the bills over and then the um the giants plus one and a half uh but i really like you know basically both of those teams you've watched a lot of those their games i I like their ability to kind of go back and forth and and score against one another and quite frankly in a higher um scoring game like that i i don't have any issue with laying four and a half points especially at home there uh because i do think uh, this could be the game where Buffalo puts them away by a good 11 to 14 points, uh, and if they're doing that, that's probably like a you know 35 or 38 points by Buffalo, and and then you still have the Chargers in the 21 to 24 range. So, takes two two teams to hit the overs. We've we've said this a million times. So, we're not getting there if the Chargers can't do their part. So, I, I like them to be in the low to mid 20s.
1: I love it. You know, there's one other thing here. I'm looking for a, a stat, and of course I'm not going to find it. But I, I think that um, the Chargers were something like, oh, man, like 1-12 in 12 facing a team coming off the bye against the spread. So I think if that doesn't talk about coaching, right, because that's when coaching plays up. We know how good Andy Reid is coming off a bye. Yeah. Anthony Lynn might be as bad as Andy Reid is good. Uh, We saw the first domino to fall here with Matt Patricia getting canned today uh, by the Lions. I wouldn't be surprised if Lynn is the next coach to go. Um, So I I think we've laid out all the reasons here. You know, Buffalo's Um, D has something to prove.
0: Yeah. What were you going to say? They were, just, they, they were being soft. I, I was trying to think back from last week, by the way, because the Andy Reid off the bye didn't hit last week. But the over Overdated.
1: did. Yep. And
0: I was wondering if we got that on tape last week because I was saying the over. You got to pick the over. It's the I, I couldn't find you saying I can't find the stat, of course, because you kept asking me for that stat. And I was like, Joe i don't have it but i know it yeah so don't, i don't need to reference it from somewhere i just know that it's good just go with it
1: by the so way I, uh team to grab that teams to, since 2008 i found it coming off their bye week playing the chargers a perfect uh 10-0 coming into this year the jets made it 11-0 and think about that so let's go bill circle the wagon <laughs> well, let's go Buffalo! All right, Greg, you got to go watch the annexation of Puerto Rico. So, uh, anything else before we go this week?
0: <laughs> no, sir. No, sir. Gonna you know go enjoy that and uh, root for a couple of couple of wacky college overs. Um, so that's that's what I'm going to be doing for the rest of the day. <laughs>
1: hey, sounds like a good Saturday to me. So let's recap one more time for the listeners here. This week we like the Titans plus three. Uh, we like the Giants, minus six. Well, I'll take them minus six. Greg's going to take them as part one of his teaser. He's going to go plus one and a half there. He's got it at five and a half. Uh, I like the Bills laying four and a half as they play host to the Chargers. Greg is on that as well. He likes the over in that game two ways. He's going to take it 52 and a half, which is the number, and he's also going to take it in his part two of his seven-point tease there. He is on the under in Denver and New Orleans and also likes the Cincinnati team total under 19 and a half. I think that wraps it up. I miss anything? No, sir. All right, everybody. Remember, as always, it's not whether you win or lose, it's whether or not you cover the spread. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Wingfoot Locks, brought to you by Wingfoot Sports. Enjoy the game. We'll talk to you next week.